All right, welcome in, folks, to the Kingdom Kingdom Podcast. I'm here with Mike, along with Chuck. Yeah. What's up, Scro? Not much, man. I have to do this how, because how, for me, it's opposite. So when it's the recording hits, oh. I just go with the right way. <laughs> How's your Brondo tasting over there? Oh, it's real, like Mountain Dew, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Yeah, my plants are doing so great in the back. I've been I've been using Brondo for weeks. <laughs> People don't but know you what know, we're talking about. Water, like the from the toilet, like from the toilet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't seen *Idiocracy*, you gotta watch it. It's it's one of Chuck's favorite movies. I brag it a lot, just because I know people who really like it. But it's got good moments. Yeah, I mean, it's got the worst of the Wilson brothers. So, I yeah, it's it's that's just the, funny. That's the, it's, that, that's throwing shade at old school. <laughs> Does it have the best Wilson brother? Hmm. I now would say maybe out, the only real actor of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. I went there. Well, I mean, Owen may say, um, some people say the soul is... Um, once person connection with another person or what if he says the wedding crashers he says uh oh wow <laughs> yeah i don't know that's a hot topic i i've got a pool i got a pool <laughs> like my cousin my cousins and i were like the boils the boil cousins from uh brooklyn 99 and 9-11 <laughs> and we counsel the cousins and see because we have a big running family debate about um who's the better actor um is it um what's that guy like that seth rogan's buddy um franco uh, james franco or um the brother franco um what the fuck's his name well i'm, I'm blanking on everything tonight maybe it's because we're recording late and i'm getting old yeah uh, Dave Franco. Dave, yeah. And that's so, tough. We should just do I'm a whole hard... episode about the the better of bros, and it's just who's the better actor between the Wilson brothers and the Francos. That'd be hilarious. Well, we could do a whole Franco pod, and we bring on my cousins one at a time into the pod, <laughs> and we can discuss. My brother's a big Dave Franco fan, and I'm a big James Franco fan, so it's a hotly debate a topic when it comes to family gatherings that's yeah that's politics over thanksgiving right there yeah we agree on politics Ooh, i'm gonna have to do some don't. research on that one that's yeah, a, that's a, a that's a toughie because dave is really good in neighbors yep um and he's been in some other stuff so i mean that's hard to do I think the bigger question is, are either of them good actors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wow. I think if you suss them out into the actor pool and not just compare them against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when, yeah. When, when you're when you're playing with the frat pack, you gotta you gotta stick to within the, the same level. So yeah, we'll have to look into that. But that's I'll, I'll do some research. That's some good thinking. 
Um, yeah, Franco, and then we could do Franco's versus the Wilsons. I think the Wilson brothers would win handily, but I agree. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what, neither of those brother pairs are in, and that's uh, True Detective, <laughs> uh, 84 yes. the season. So, um, that's what yeah, is like we, the only thing we're watching right now. <laughs> yeah. And we do have a wildly horny jo- uh, Jody Foster. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is nothing else to do but drink and like whore around in Alaska. Like, it's crazy. True, true, true. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm really watching at the moment as well, except I we were just talking offline. I finished, um, I watched two seasons of Our Flag Means Death which I think the second season was out last year in 2023. Um, yep. And it's not been renewed, but it, it's, it's fairly uh, fun to watch. Um, it didn't help that the, the first greatest, season but... came out during COVID, like, or like right when COVID hit, like it didn't, yeah. it didn't help. Yeah. And I kind of did like you did where I watched like one episode, I think, or the first couple during COVID when it comes out, came out and like, oh this looks pretty good um and then i was like eh, and moved on to different things and then yeah i just went back at urging of a friend and uh i really enjoyed it but besides that yeah just true detective now yeah i just finished watching severance again i can't wait for season two. Oh yeah that's yeah, we both, so good both we uh, watched severance recently so yeah we're ready for that. I, if Apple TV will get off their ass, I still don't understand Severance. No, <laughs> I mean I understand the concept and yeah, what they're showing us, but what is really happening? Lumen so is actually a subsidiary of Tuttle uh, Tuttle Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> it's combined with True Detective. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to save our Severance takes to a separate. Um, yeah. Before season two comes out, we'll have to do a, a season recap. one recap yeah. and you know pre- preparation for season two. Last joke I'm going to make about Severance is I can remember when we podcast about it and it was all, we watched it for the first time and rewatching it. I remember the joke we made about Melchick and whether or not he had just an entire closet of white turtlenecks to choose from <laughs> <laughs> and and short sleeve shirts. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll do the rewatch on that. Um, there's really not much going on. I mean, Masters of the Air um, drops tomorrow on Apple TV. True Detective is really the only thing, I mean, that that we're watching right now. I just finished Blow Deck Mediterranean um, this season. Um, but True Detective season four is the only thing that I, I, we are have on the radar right now for on HBO Max yeah. or Max. Um, and the first two episodes dropped. And I, I just straight off my opinion, it's picked up right where season one left off. It's so good. I mean, it feels yeah. like it's back. I haven't, I'll be honest. I haven't watched the second season. I haven't watched the third season. I heard the second season sucked. But just to see going from season one to season four, it feels like they haven't missed a beat, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of make that connection, I think, too, because I went back and rewatched season one like a month or two ago. And I think season one was so good that i mean it's one of the best seasons of tv of any show ever hands down it's that good i mean you got two global 
movie superstars oh, in season yeah. one. Heavyweights. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was just so good in exposition, dialogue, um, the story. And then season two went to LA versus like the marsh in Louisiana and Beaumont, Texas. And, you know, it was, it was very areas we're familiar with, kind of like a deep south mystery swamps connections to kind of supernatural um potential like the yellow king carcosa you know stuff i forget there's like a book about um that relates to that um in real life um so you know, we, we do see, I, I feel like it's a return. I mean, even Nick Pizzolatto was time one, two, and three. And uh, I think it's Issa Ramirez, Issa Lopez. I forget. Yeah. Lopez, who's doing yeah. um, season four, and she wrote, so Nick Pizzolatto's gone. But you have, you know, a lot, of, I mean, Pizzolatto, Magone, Willie Harrelson are, are executive producers, but I think it's just executive producers, just like in the way that Will Ferrell is an executive producer in Succession. You know, like yeah, um, you know, I don't think there's much involvement. Um, yeah, they're just bringing like them. heavyweight like influence to help bring about yeah. somebody else's idea. Yeah, it's like yeah. oh shit, like we need some help. All right. Somebody get Matthew on the phone. They'll get it done. Like he's got somebody he can call. That's I think that's what EPs do, um, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah season one had like a ninety three percent Roddy T's rating. Season two was like yeah. below fifty. Season three was like in the eighties uh, percent, and that was like a, a, a in like the old days, right? It was like a, a different time period. Like, and I'm saying different, but uh, like sixties and seventies, right? With Marisha Ali. I think it was maybe the 80s. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But it was it was kind of, I think we're season, and we'll get more into season four, but I think we were expecting season three to kind of tie back to season one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was more, and I can't remember even what season two was about, but season three also dealt with like, missing children and hmm. all this stuff and so it was kind of like you know you think about this is this um is this like russ cole or is this you know like the tuttle family or you know is it tied back to the dora lang and all that from season one and you know we didn't get any of that I think there's yep. maybe like one Easter egg in there where they mention Alaska at some point. Um, but in season four, we get um, like real, we get real direct, we get real direct references to season one. Oh, and yeah. We'll, we can go more into, you know, about talking about each episode because we're going to talk about episode one and two. Uh, yeah. But I think. You know, it's funny, just right before we get into it, too. What do you think of the opening theme song compared to 
season one. I think season one's opening um, song is like one of the best, or the opening yeah. credits is like one of the best. I mean, it's up there with Succession and White Lotus. Oh. Yeah. It's it's I'm on the seen... Mount Rushmore of season yeah, one is Game on the of Mount Thrones Rushmore and... of theme songs. Like, yeah. Game, yeah, Game <laughs> of Thrones, Succession. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of those shows that are just bangers. Season two, at first, I was a little thrown back that it was like a, a song that like is popular because yeah. i don't remember I, I i i can remember season one's theme song but i i don't know if it was an actual song but this is like actually billy eilish and at first i was a little thrown well by season it. four is billy eilish yeah 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 yeah. Said season two yeah oh yeah sorry yeah, yeah season four is billy eilish and i think i at first i was like okay and then after seeing it it really ties into how dark the show is i'm really enjoying it is it is it a is it a mount you know mount rushmore I don't think so, but it's 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 good. I don't know what you think about it. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I'll blame you. Um, but season one was really a song, like as well, but it was kind of obscure. It was it's called "Far from Any Road" by the Handsome Family, and um. So it's a very unknown, like the Billie Eilish. You know, yeah, most people know them. Oh, it's it's, um, it's a Billboard top song. I mean, it probably was number one yeah. for a period of time. Like people don't know the obscure, which makes it that much weirder. But it's a different generation. It's a different people who watch this kind of TV. They got to do yeah. like mainstream shit. I get it, but I agree. It's not it's not my favorite, but I have come yeah. to enjoy it to some degree with the montage of the Alaskan road and all the flashes and stuff. But yeah, you're not I like be, the you're visual. Not be I'm one. just yeah. yeah, I like the visual. I'm just not sold on the song, but and I think, but it, it, you're right. It is a different time. So like, I'm just the first season of True Detective was that came out in 2014. It was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So it was 10 years you ago. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> not almost. We're in 2024. Which is so, crazy because I only watched it two years ago. Yeah, I watched it when it came out. Like, that's where, like, I was in the heights of Game of Thrones. And, um, uh, like, I think I was watching Sopranos. I think it was over by that time. But, like, that was when I was digging in deep in HBO. And um, I remember watching True Detective was another Sunday night show. And just mm. watching this every Sunday. And when the first season was over, it's like oh, I can't wait. The second season, Matthew McConaughey and Woody are back. <laughs> and then I'm like, "What? Wait, what's happening?" Um, but yeah, yeah when so... you could have when you could have gone with like you know some indigenous song or something of the region to give it an ominous, dark tone, you went with like yeah. a mainstream artist i don't know i, I mean, think they could have gone in maybe, direction that's kind of brilliant though i mean it's just different it is but yeah i'm not quite sold maybe on the rewatches it's just like i don't know it's just something like when the first season theme song like comes on you're like oh yeah and like when you hear the white lotus theme song and you're like 
the beats dropping and the birds are they go, boom, 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 and you're like, oh hell yeah, like yeah, and then succession, you know, and Game of Thrones, and you start singing Lean or Lean or Lean or like from everybody sings along, yeah. <laughs> so well, maybe we'll get there by the end of the season, but. Yeah, um, maybe. I, the only way it's going to fit is if at the end of this thing, it turns out that it's Billie Eilish that is the actual murderer. She just moved <laughs> yeah. up to Alaska and just started murdering people. It's be the yeah. only way that this will <laughs> fucking truly fit in for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it man, could this, this could happen. Yeah, this season, right? I mean, it, we're, we've only seen the first two episodes, and it's based in the town of like Ennis, Alaska, right? Which is yeah bum fuck in the middle of nowhere i haven't looked it up to see if it's a real town i don't even know where it's based it's out of but i gotta imagine it's like north town. yeah yeah but it's supposedly like the north most alaskan town yeah um, yeah it's like it's above the arctic circle i think i can't remember yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah the show opens I, I i love how the show opens with like there's the research facility the salal research facility yes and yeah. it's like all the all the guys are just working and throwing ferris bueller on the big screen and making a sandwich and you know it's it's all like this like cool like expedition and then it gets like super john carpenter and like yeah people just start disappearing and then like well, I mean, yeah go ahead. i mean you get you know they're going on with their lives and some guys doing a tiktok yep and then all of a sudden you see in the background one of the guys like have a seizure and then like, yeah says she's awake and then yeah. electricity cuts off and we don't see what happens yeah until the delivery guy yeah love the love the guy yeah, delivering yeah. the fritos is like just making a delivery oh shit there's nobody here yeah. oh my god there's a tongue on the floor like and <laughs> twist and shout is just blaring from like the entertainment room which is great uh um, yeah but yeah, this is it, that's so that's when we get to see like the introduction of um, Jodie Foster's character, who's like the chief of like this police force in Ennis. And mm-hmm. is she like state police or local police? I don't really because there seems to be a difference between like troopas and I'm going to go full yeah. Boston and troopa. Um, and then like her department, which is, I guess, like detectives. But um, she plays Liz Danvers and she's good for Jodie Foster coming back in this one because the original character mm-hmm. was supposed to be much, much younger um, when they oh, originally really? wrote this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm struggling to understand. I mean, we'll probably get more background on her character, kind of like Matthew McConaughey's character in season one was kind of an unknown. You know, there wasn't a lot of background, but then we get some more background on him as the season went by. Right. I mean, we kind of know so far that after two episodes, she's really into fantasy football. She yeah. slept with like half the town or every guy in Ennis. Um, and she's a Vikings fan. Yeah. So she's probably not from Alaska. No. She's probably from Minnesota or somewhere. Fargo. In the Midwest. Yeah. That's Fargo a good connection. connection. <laughs> um, and then. It sounded like she was in Anchorage at some point mm-hmm. based on conversations with Christopher Eccleston's character in the second episode. Uh, but then either she asked for a transfer to that area or he transferred her out because we find out they've like apparently have had sex for 19 years. Um, yeah. 
even when she he was married. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's like, no, so, it hasn't been that long. Yeah, it has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think she got transferred up there after probably whatever happened with her husband. I don't know. Or they were yeah. on the rocks or something. But, yeah, I think she screwed up somehow and got transferred up there. And I think replaced Navarro, who's like the state trooper, the one with the dimple piercings. Yeah. I don't know if she's replaced or she started because they worked together on the yeah. previous murder of the indigenous uh, – Lady who we found that tongue. Um, Annie, Annie K. Yep. Annie K. Yeah. Yeah. So they have history. So we find out pretty much everybody in this town has history. Yeah. Um, everybody in Ennis knows each other. There's a some kind of power plant that kind of runs the town. Um, there's, you know, obviously issues between the indigenous folk and the white folk and then the power plant and the townspeople there's a fight at a bar in episode two um and but most so far what we know nobody really knows what the salal station did yeah and who or who backs so yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we go through, we'll just kind of give a overview of what we've seen so far. You know, the Salal station, um, that everybody disappears, um, and they found Annie Kay's tongue, which brings in um um what's her character's name? Navarro. Um, Navarro. Yep. Um I think she's playing Kira Reese or Kyra, I forget, uh, but she's really good so far. I really like her. Um, and yep. who's an indigenous who knew Annie Kay and who worked the case and that case still haunts her. They don't know who did it, but they find her tongue at the Salal station. And yeah. for some reason, um, Liz Danvers, Jodie Foster's character, doesn't want her involved and it's kind of poo-pooing the connection, but as we go through the first two episodes, she sees a connection between the two murders for various reasons. Well, we find out at the end of the first episode, the Salal people are found in a human popsicle. Um, Pretty much. Ball in the snow. Yeah. With just a big old out. McDonald's McFlurry they, on the uh, Alaskan yeah. tundra. Yeah. And one of the guy has uh, the circle from season one like yeah. on his forehead. And then as we go on, we saw Annie Kay had that same symbol on her, a tattoo on her back. Yeah, on her back. And and one of the guys at the Salal station um, also They were together the secretly. Yeah. Yeah. And that we go on to find more information about that, yeah. Um, through the first couple episodes, so there's, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot, yeah. It, it's kind of, um, to go through with so much. Um, the the connection that Jodie Foster discovered. <laughs> 
between uh, NEK and the guy at Salal, right? It's a mm-hmm. jacket. Is that a pretty far-fetched connection to you, or is it like, or is it pretty obvious? Um. Well, that was pretty. That was a pretty in like far-fetched connection, unless that's like nobody's ever seen that color jacket before. But and if if the patch know. was still on it, or the patch or the rip was already like in the same place, but patch no patch, I'm yeah. like uh, it's a little flimsy. Yeah, but I just saw it and I was like, okay, fine, that's going to be our connection to find out all of this stuff. And yeah, you know, apparently he's got a hidden trailer that they find um, that he paid cash for, like fifty grand up front, mm-hmm. that he just happened to have cash. Um, so maybe this guy's getting paid under the table somehow. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that like there's all this like ritualistic voodoo, uh, for lack of a better word, like yellow king yeah, worship kind of... shit going yes. on in there. Yeah, a lot yeah. like season one. It, basically, all the shit from season one. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean, two of the major things that you know we were talking about a lot of season one prior is there's two big connections that come out through the first two episodes that relate back to season one. So, um, Peter Pryor, um, who's played by Finn Bennett is one of the cops whose dad, um, Hank Pryor is also a cop on Jodie Foster's force. Who's played by John Hawks, who was in, you would recognize him from many, things but he was Kenny Powers brother and he's been down but he was also in so many other movies is like that guy you recognize yeah. his face um yeah but his son Peter um does some research because he's young and knows how to get on the internet in Alaska compared to <laughs> Jody Foster and John <laughs> Hawk um and finds like starts seeing is like well it's owned by an NGO who's this and who's ultimately owned by the Tuttle Corporation. (laughs) So we get ties back to the Tuttle Corporation, which the Tuttles, Billy Lee Tuttle uh, was the governor. One of the Tuttles was the governor. One was like an evangelist. um, And basically the the green-eared monster, spaghetti monster, um, who did the killing in season one was a Tuttle, like a yeah. mentally an challenged off, yeah. Tuttle. An, an offshoot Tuttle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so how the Tuttles, you know, and are involved, is this, you know, it's kind of like reminds me of the research on Mars and For All Mankind, right? So is the Tuttles doing this for, like, macrobiology kind of stuff of finding you know ways to live longer or you know some kind of thing are they like operating in remote areas where they're outside of the touch of the law right you know i'm sure we'll find out we'll find out um at some point what the connection or why the reason they're they own this station out in the middle like yeah the northernmost point of alaska it's super weird 
they're very powerful, very into the occult type people. I mean, just watching season one, they're into rituals and they're fucking pedophiles and sacrificing children and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. like they're, you know, I, I can't imagine they're like into some weird ass shit and they're just using money to find ways to live longer or find new super bacteria yeah. COVID shit. But um, yeah, it's an interesting connection to the first season. Um, and then, yeah, I think that all kind of ties in with the, you know, the, Corcosa uh, or Carcosa and uh, mm-hmm. the Tuttles. And then, um, yeah, do you want to talk about Rose next and, and her spirit guide? Yeah, it, it just before that, really quick, because that's the second connection. So, yeah. you know, we were talking about Carcosa and the Yellow King. Um, and the symbol. So the other guy, do you, do you know his name offhand? Who was secretly meeting with Annie Kay? Um, from the Salal station. Um, no. So that guy at the Salal station that also has uh, the the symbol on his chest. When they uncover the bodies through this immersive ethawing process inside of a hockey arena in Ennis, yeah, they discover one is missing. And it's the guy with the um, the tattoo, yeah, the same tattoo as Annie Bennett, and the same thing from season one. And so there's a massive manhunt. Um, I think that's as we go into um, episode three. You're gonna have. Um, you know, just I watched the like the scene for next week, and it's like the suspect's name is oh Clark. His name is Clark. Clark. Yeah. So the suspect's name is Clark. Blah blah blah. So like now they're gonna focus in on this guy who cannot be found, right? So and I think Clark is the one who is the one that had the seizure and said she's awake. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, is this one of these red herrings? Like, you know, True Detective Season 1, you're thinking it's going to be these people. You know, there's a couple of different suspects. And it ends up being the guy that we saw, like, riding a lawn mower in, like, Episode 3, you know, talking to the current detectives. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's going it to be, like, be right someone... in your face. Yeah. 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 It's like... And in, in, this is going to sound dumb, but like, is it the polar bear? You know, <laughs> like, is, it, <laughs> yeah. is it the polar bear? Or is it, or is somehow like John Hawks's police character gives me kind of like a sense he's involved? Or uh, he's Peter's dad. Peter's dad. Yeah, but he's very again, evasive he, about all of this. Yeah. yeah. But then he's getting he's getting um catfished by somebody pretending to be a Russian um mail order bride. Russian mail order bride is yeah. like, Oh, I'll send you I got some money left to send you uh for my mom for your mom's health care. Yeah. Um and that's my I was, I was gonna ask you over under sixty percent odds of this dude getting catfished. It's a hundred percent. There's no 100%. way. 
was, yeah. I was reading Reddit and they're like, they're like, wouldn't it be funny if it's Jodie Foster's character just catfishing the shit out of him, like in her like <laughs> what? And she's saying she's doing uh, fantasy football, but she's just catfishing him, like you know, in her spare time. That'd um, be great. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, uh, that was pretty ridiculous to watch. Yeah, I don't know why he's like he's got all the files at the house. I mean, there was that flood, you know, the station flooded, and when pipes yeah. burst or something. I don't really know. So now he's got like files at his house and. Like, yeah. doesn't he answer to Jodie Foster and he's like, I'll yeah. get around to it? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, but that makes me think I agree with you. He's involved in it to some degree. My odds are he didn't do the Salal people, but he yeah, definitely yeah. killed Annie Kay. Well, yeah. And he's, yeah, he's either secretly, because he said, you know, like, I still have some money left to send you, like, to the Russian lady. So he's either, on some yeah we don't know who owns the plant like does the does the tuttles also own the plant and right. is is um is he on the payroll like is he is the tuttles or the plant paying him right and we know that annie k was an activist against the plant and all this stuff so i think there's some kind of there could be some kind of possible connection with um you know with what's going on with the plant and the john hawks characters involved somehow some way gotta be um, gotta be so yeah um but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out yeah um so you know we do have um you know there was i think seven people so at the Salal station, there's there's six, or there's supposedly seven people that were there, and Raymond Clark was the only one that's unaccounted for who has the, you know, the spiral on his chest. But yep. the other, and one of the guys is actually in a coma, or a induced coma, so Lund, who had his arm snapped off, woke up frozen in the eye. So it was the end of season one? Or episode uh, one, I mean, where that happened? Yeah, or, yeah, the end of episode one was snap his arm. The beginning yeah. of episode two was him waking up. Like, yeah. Inside the popsicle. And it, like, was the wickedest scream you've ever heard. Yeah. Um, um, and, yeah, yeah he's, so he's, he's in a coma. But, like, all the others have, like, um, they were naked, obviously. Their eyes were burnt. Uh, yeah. They like had self-inflicted bite wounds, ruptured eardrums, other strange injuries and stuff like that. It was really weird. Yeah, that like you wouldn't think that like it would just be an accident. I mean, it's fucking weird. Yeah. But yeah, that one guy like got his arm snapped off and it was like frozen. It was just like, oh my god, I don't see that. Yeah. Yeah, it was Clark that was the one that was shaking as well. Um, so. Um... Yeah, he immediately is. He's the one that's missing. He's the one that they see. Um, the young, the son cop gets into Clark, or not Clark, but one of the guy who was doing the TikTok's phone by yeah. using facial recognition, which was fantastic from like, Great. you know, unlocking the phone of the dead guy. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, um, 
Yeah, and I guess the other um, the other big reveal, going back to it, is what leads them to um, the body. So Rose, as you mentioned, um, is kind of like an older lady who lives alone on the outskirts of town. Um, and we see, you know, we get introduced to her in the first episode. And she's kind of like doing her own thing and she's outside and all of a sudden she sees a guy like in a flannel and jeans with no shoes on. And she says, hi, Travis. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, yeah, it's freezing. Well, yeah, it's freezing. You're like, okay, this is weird. And then she goes in the house and goes on her business and then he's outside at the door or the window but you know she goes out and he points her in the direction of the discovery and she discovers the scientist popsicle that's out in the middle of the alaska wilderness with his interpretive dance yeah yes one of the coolest interpretive dance ever wonder if he went to the soban or juilliard or I don't know. It's a good chance. Dance performing academy. Um, yeah. So, um, but we find out that Travis, episode two, Travis's last name is Cole, which is Rust Cole from season one, Matthew Henry's dad. And that was like a, that was like the biggest bombs. I mean, that and the title were just like cute bombshells, right? And yeah. And, you know, Matthew Vanney talked about, as Russ Cole talked about, going to Alaska for a certain number of years and being there when his dad had, was um, sick and dying or when he had leukemia or cancer. And Rose touches on it um, as well. And she's, like, kind of with him when he dies. So I'm wondering if Matthew McConaughey is there. At that time, they show the flashbacks to him and Rose, like, in bed. Is he like in the other room, like just drinking and like pouting around, like looking at photos and stuff? Oh, he's down Thinking at the bar, like stuff. trying to hook up with uh, Jody Foster. Yeah. Yeah, he's at Covix. Uh, yeah. Trying to get a to some of Jody Foster and Kyla Reese's character, uh, Navarro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, a huge drop. I mean, when when she said the last name, immediately I knew what they were talking about. Um. You know, Rose's last name is Agnew. I don't know if that's French Cajun. Maybe she's originally from Louisiana. You know, maybe yeah. she moved up there for Travis. I don't know. But I love the yeah. connection that they're that they're making between the first season and this season. Um I you know, there's a lot of a lot of background that we don't know yet. Like, you know, Russ you know, Travis dies at some point. And I think Rose yeah. alluded to the fact that he like just walked off into the icy waters and like drowned himself um i think is what she's yes, alluding yeah. to yeah and yeah. you see in the opening title scenes like there's scenes of like jody foster drowning and stuff like this and um uh, her husband died at some point um it's she he, she's raising like his daughter like it's not technically yeah. her biological daughter yeah. um and so there's all this background and stuff and it's like does russ have like during his time in Alaska, does he have anything to do with any of this? Um, yeah. 
and it's super interesting that you know I don't think they do anything to waste in these type of shows because let's not forget like and I'm, I'm my money's on that um Danvers Jodie Foster's husband died uh from a a, a drunk driving accident whether somebody else yeah. hit him or she was driving and was the drunk driver because they threw in that whole drunk driving scene where that lady crashed her car in the first episode and they were like, yeah. oh, it's the town drunk again, like fucking out and about. <laughs> and like, it was yeah. like no big deal. And everybody was like willing to let her go. And she was like yeah. really adamant about holding her to it. So I think there's something in there about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's something. There's a lot going on that, I mean, that's what I've been closely I think both episodes, I didn't look at my phone. I've been closely watching. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, this is a show you got to you gotta focus on. I don't think I picked up my phone the whole time watching either of these two episodes. You could do that yeah. with some pretty light shows, but this is a pretty, you got you to gotta watch the details on this. Like seven, yeah. you got to watch. Um, yeah. I, I love what they're doing. Um, I think one other thing we forgot to mention was like, you know, there's all these ominous signs that something bad is coming um and the opening scene yeah. where the guy is hunting caribou yeah and they just like run off that cliff as the last sunset sets yeah and the guy's like what the f like that's like an ominous thing that like yeah like evil is coming or some shit yeah 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 i think they're really um They're really, I mean, two episodes. You said it's only six episodes season, right? It's only six episodes. We're thirty percent of the way through this thing. Um, every other season pretty was elusive. Eight. Yeah, I think. Um, I think season one was ten. No. Oh, it might have been ten. Yeah, or nine. But yeah, it's it's a short season compared to the others. Really short. So. I don't know if that means that we should expect an automatic season five, but I, I think that they got something cooking here. I mean, it's a really short season. I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was eight. Sorry. There was eight in the first season. No, right. Sorry. I was trying to look cause I'm like, um, yeah. Where did you read? It was only going to be six. Uh, online. I, so generally okay. when a new show starts, I look up a show episode count and it tells me usually yeah. how many episodes. Yeah. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, so it, it's, I guess going to be a swift conclusion or it's just going to leave us, maybe it could leave us in the lurch. And like the last scene of the show is Matthew McConaughey, like walking out into the Alaska tundra and we just got away for season, season five. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it should wrap up the theory, but leave open more connection, maybe. Um, yeah, you can't resolve the Tuttle, like, conglomerate in six episodes. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, it's six episodes. I see in Rotten Tomatoes as well. Okay. Yeah, the last finale is on February 18th. Um So where do you see where do you see this season going? I have I kind of have a I kind of have a a theory on something. Um, 
it's tough. It could go a lot of different directions. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's some theories out there about water contamination with the mine and all of this stuff that's making people have hallucinations. I don't know that I wanted to go that route. Um, it could and still be pretty <laughs> twisted and weird and have made somebody a mad serial killer, but I don't know, man. I really don't know where this is going to go. I mean, you already, I mean, we already have uh, Rust Cole's dad, deceased dad, pointing the way to somebody to find the bodies. <laughs> so it's already, you've already got a supernatural. Like, True. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in this camp that, you know, because Clark says she's here or she's back or whatever. And yeah. through his like research, writing, um, you know, writing everything um, very disturbed. She says she's awake, but in his journal, there's like all kinds of like, I can hear moving outside her eyes. Oh God, never sleep. Like, yeah, he's slowly going mad. Yeah. So like, is there something in his research? Did he do something? You know, he has Annie K's tongue or her tongue is there. You know, we all, we know, like, we know Travis Cole already directed ghost told somebody where it's at. Is there, is there like some kind of, do they have Annie Kay's body? Like, you know, is it some supernatural thing where they, they resurrected research, her? Like, <laughs> resurrected her? So I'm like, no, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it sounds far fetched, but um, yeah, whoever the she is. Um, but yeah, it's 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 Michelle Monaghan. It's Woody Harrelson's yeah. season one. <laughs> it's oh, it's very hard to, to determine where this is going to go because, you know, the first season, you had Tuttle and the worshippers of the Yellow King on the same side, basically, right? And now it seems you have that conflicting to some degree, or there's an offshoot of that because Tuttle owns Salal, and yet, like, the guy that worked there is also like into that shit i don't know man it, it's it's very confusing on where the lines are drawn um i've got nothing and i'm so excited to find out what's going to happen i seriously think peter's dad the trooper guy the shit the other police guy is definitely involved and at the end of it he's going to be like the bad guy or something well he looks like the, i think he looks like the biggest fucking idiot on planet earth being catfish and everything and in yeah. reality he's like high up in the tunnel like masonry <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's where you get with this is that he's, I would be surprised if he's not involved in at least some cover-up of Annie Kay's death. Gotta be. Or he's kind of he knows what goes on at the Salal station and has kept people away from there. You know, like like the Tuttles pay him to take care of things, you know, and um hide things so i think they've got to be involved with the mayan too but we don't know that yet odds of uh her boss from anchorage being involved 
Eccleston. I think that's also good because as we saw, like, with the Tuttles, right, the one sheriff or cop they work with that that had the outrageously large boat in the swamp, um, the offshore fishing boat, like, docked in, like, three foot of water in the swamp. He was basically covering up stuff for the Tuttle family or, you know, yeah. so, like, um there is history of cops be friendly with the Tuttles and their influence uh, in the religious sect and the governorship, like from season one. He was very pushy to have the bodies move to Anchorage. Yeah. Until she pushed back. And then he's like, okay, you want to go down this route? It's going to be your head, not mine. Like, like he's playing her. They got to be. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, I mean, we talked and there's so much background to be laid in before we know it, it's going to be over. So yeah, we, we've talked like 40 minutes on the two episodes of the show. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's a, good. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, we got, we got Marcus to watch season one and he immediately jumped into season four. So like. He he was interested to watch it. I think it's a good show for people to watch. It's is it dark? Is it that, gritty? Is it is it kind of fucked up? Yeah, but it's a good show. <laughs> yeah, I had Blanca watch the first episode of season one, and she does not like that kind of stuff. But she really liked the first episode. Yeah. Um, but we haven't I haven't got her to watch any since. But yeah, uh, she. But that's just she really likes Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it's probably to me, it's his best work outside of Days of Confused. Ooh. That's that's a good point. I, he's done some pretty good stuff as of late. I still need to watch the Dallas Buyers Club, which he won his Oscar for. Yeah, um, but it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard, hard to knock him on uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He does. He puts up thirty yeah. points in like in like three minutes. The guy's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Is it what's the the um. What did they call it on the rewatchables? Where it's uh, any yeah. anything else to add about uh, uh, True Detective for this season? No, I mean I think we could go. We didn't talk a lot about Navarro and her no. history and knowing people, but like I think we covered a good chunk of the characters, and I think it was a. I mean, I think. Obviously, like episodes three and four are going to set the stage for five and six, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, that's a very basic, you know, pathway. But it's by three or four, you're gonna, you're gonna, the killer is gonna have been on screen. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be like episode six is like it was Johnny from. Factory, you haven't seen him yet, but uh, he was kind of weird. No way, yeah, yeah. Based on the timeline of identifying the killer in True Detective, he was probably somewhere in the last two minutes of episode two, considering it's only a six episode season, (laughs) yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it's uh, well, that's why the other we didn't mention, but the white guy that got uh, that fought in the bar that talked to them about the trailer, his name is Chuck Mosley, like, yeah, I was looking, so did he. You know, he was kind of indifferent when they were talking about the killing. Um, but I think he's more of a red herring. Like, 
yeah, he's it's, seen it's, that guy and he know he bought the trailer and he yeah. probably knows that he was up to some funky shit like yeah you know but it's too on the nose because they're coming at it from like the racial standpoint where he's like yeah. oh if it wasn't an indigenous person you wouldn't give a shit like or you yeah. would give a shit but yeah it's i think it, it, it's too on the nose but i agree it's it was definitely one of the thoughts so yeah there's there's, there's something about that that fishing crabbing place where that where she arrested that guy for beating his wife um there's gonna be something about that crabbing place let's not leave that out they don't do anything by by just throwing it out there well let me ask you this they've talked to the two ladies in that place a couple different times is and the redheaded lady got beat up by her husband and is it one of them like because they talk about she does she like secretly deliver them crab or like is she doing witchcraft with clark and right you know um yeah you never know man but a lot yeah, of I theories mean, you, just, you just made me think about like what's what's the purpose of showing them so far and that guy beating twice. her they showed twice. him twice they, yeah each episode they went to that factory the fish processing crab shrimp whatever processing center i'm telling you we can't rule out like like poisoning contamination they, they're showing all of these like uh, it, like it's a small town i get it but like the mine the 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 it, this fishery where they're not pumping out as much uh, a pro you know pr production as they used to so maybe something's killing them off maybe it's something they found in the ice the video of all the scientists like having a good time right before they all disappear they're all drinking like from red solo cups together could be anything man i i we just can't rule that out it's it's insane yeah yeah clark slipped them some ketamine or something and they were all or mushrooms and they're all hallucinating and like you just got a bear they costume, just, like, chasing them? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then also in each episode, you have this one-eyed polar bear that has appeared yeah. on the street in dreams in the form of a fucking little polar bear. And you obviously see, like, Jodie Foster on the floor with the... looks like a little boy, unless it's the girl that he's... like. I know. I, I said the same thing. I was like, okay, maybe like their kid that she had with her husband died in the car accident too. But Jackie was mm -hmm. like, no, maybe that's her like when she's younger. But like, yeah. remember, like she's laying in bed and like that little hand like comes over her shoulder and is like, she's awake and she's like, what the fuck? And there's nothing there. I'm thinking they yeah. had a kid, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more than meets the eye to this whole story. It's... Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So I guess when it's dark for 14 days in a row or like shit gets fucked up. It's honestly it's been that's like the daughter dating stuff with like making out less with like the girl that like twelve was very uncomfortable to watch. Very but besides that, the um, the timeline throws me off because it's dark. So like I'm like this oh, is all yeah. at night. And then it's like on the wall, it's like they're eating breakfast. It's like 1030. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. it's dark here for Ever. 14 straight yeah. days. Yeah. Ultimate so. setting, ultimate tool for fear. No sunshine. 30 days a night. You're basically living in a closet. And mm -hmm. it's super, it's like super scary. But 
Yeah, the whole daughter dating the younger chick and making the video together and like Jodie Foster getting into it with the other Bob. I don't know where the fuck they're going with that. It's super weird, but I'm going to leave it. I'm going to I'm going to leave that where it is. I'm not going to pick that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Can't yeah. wait to see where this goes. Uh, it's going to be scary. It's going to be great. It, darker. I don't know if it's darker than the first season, but I'm I'm really liking it. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, we're back to forum. So, yep. Yeah, man. Um, so if there's nothing else to that, you know, um, appreciate everybody for kicking us with us this week. Uh, be sure to check out True Detective. If you haven't seen season one, watch season one. It has huge connections to season four. Um, watch the other two seasons. I'm going to pick them up and watch them just because I haven't. Um, and uh, be sure to tune in next week. We'll be talking more about True Detective and some other shows that are coming on. And, uh, you know, be sure to check out the website, kickingamedia.com and all the uh, podcast platforms. And as uh, as uh, Matthew McConaughey's cousin likes to say. Hell's up.